Chris Farley has been in my boat four times. Remember? <laughs> no kidding. No oh, way. That's awesome. Listen, oh, you got to be kidding me. Be Chris Farley, okay? So Tommy Chris, we like wingy. Huh? Tommy likes wingy. <laughs> exactly. Listen, we no, you, you waited for an hour to to talk Tell about this. <laughs> Welcome back, folks, to another exciting podcast episode. Uh, we have a special guest today, Mr. Rich Reinhardt. Uh, Rich has been an integral part of the Wausau Muskie Show. Uh, Rich, welcome here. Thanks for uh, coming by here this morning. Good morning, Lee. Hey, Robbie. Yeah, yeah how's Florida right now? <laughs> well, it's uh, it's real pleasant this morning. Yeah, I bet. We are in shorts. It's comfortable. And yep. you see, I've got a little sun. We've been, I've had Fisher Smith. Yeah, I uh, saw that. <laughs> here and, and we, we got some he got uh, he got coached in uh, Florida style bass fishing. Sure, nice. Uh, that's That'd be cool. fun. <laughs> yeah, he enjoyed yeah. it. He really. He, he, I guess he ran past his. He ran past his uh, dad. That he asked his dad if he could uh, uh, move down to Florida for about three weeks every winter. Sure, right, absolutely. <laughs> Can we all? Exactly. Couple months. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. No, that's. Uh, yeah, what was his? He got his personal best. How big was that one? Well, you know what's happening with the fish down here right now is uh, there. There's a transition from spawning fish moving out to open water, sure. out to the sheds and limestone bluffs. Yep. And so, what's happening is those fish can be really difficult to catch. Yeah, we managed to I think boat three or four fish in the you know the four and a half to six sure. pound range. Yep. Um, nice. He had a shot at what we call a seven up. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> that's a fish that we know when you set the hook yeah. and, and you just know that it's a big fish. They're a lot bigger. Yeah. It's a seven pounder or a 10 pounder, but sure. he had a shot at a couple big fish. Gotcha. Well, that's cool. That's cool. Good open water stuff. But, um, well, yeah, yeah we're, uh, today we're going to talk about uh, what was perhaps the good old days of muskie fishing. I don't know. It's, it leaves to be... Uh, yeah, uh, it's it's definitely a split decision on a lot of people. Right. Obviously, we had that video a few weeks ago and definitely had some good discussion about it. Um, but yeah, we have Rich here and he's going to kind of tell us what he saw. What, 52 years of muskie fishing under your belt? I think you've seen some things. <laughs> well, you know, I first of all, I'm down here in Florida. Yeah, I don't, you know, you know, I come back to Wisconsin during the summer months and in the fall, you know, two fish muskies, you know, and no matter what, I mean, the fishing down here is great, Yeah, but hard will always be with the muskie, sure. you know, with, you know, I'm, I'm a muskie fisherman. That's yep. what I am. And the thing that I have, I think, you know, today, as well as even Lee, I mean, Lee, I noticed you're getting a little more grayer here. <laughs> oh, yeah. Chin. You know, but Lee's been around and he understands this, but I've got another 12 years or so on that. Sure. I know what was going on back then, yep. what's going on now. Yeah. And but before we get into all that, we got to discuss yes. something. Sure. <laughs> the Wausau Muskie Bash. Holy crap. Yes, sir. There's a, there's a Folks, show Folks, there's year. a Muskie show coming. <laughs> yes, there is a Muskie show coming. You know, you had mentioned Lee about you know about being instrumental with the show 10 years ago we started you know the wisconsin muskie expo and i wanted a little bit different format as you all well know there's certain people within the muskie industry that you know are are fairly well you know uh you know 
they're they're in front of the public all the, the musky public all the time sure. through magazines or you know through different television shows and instead of having those guys i wanted uh, like in the case of the speakers i wanted them to be actual fishing guides sure you know you know lee you were a fishing guide on the madison chain for countless years and it was very successful uh you know, Tony Rizzo was one of the very first speakers. Every year I had Tony Rizzo yeah, speaking. That's cool. I just wanted musky yeah. guides. And another thing I wanted to bring to the people was you know, there's a lot of great companies that man that manufacture musky lures, but I wanted more grassroots yep. tech companies intermixed with the with the, the stable companies. I mean, yep. we'd all say that Chaos Tackle would be considered a stable company. Right, right. I also wanted maybe, you know, a company like you know, uh, you know, big guy baits or Lee, Lee makes Lee lures and people yep. look at him and they think that he just mass produces these things. He's one man. He makes these every day. Yeah. That's what he does. You know, he doesn't answer the phone because he's trying to make as many baits in the course of a day and make them correctly. He doesn't have other people doing that for him. So that's what I would consider a grassroots company. Sure. So I more of those. So that's what, that was the basis. So, Sure. Here we go. 2021. I mean, uh, 2020, we have this thing, COVID. Yep. And it's made a mess of a lot of things, uh, including public gatherings. And uh, I just, uh, here's my situation. The reason I moved to Florida is because I have, I have health issues, one mm -hmm. of which I have 40% use of my lungs. Sure. And I've had a lot of heart issues and that's why I'm in Florida. Yep. A little easier. Um, so for me to get COVID, it, it, it would be, as my doctor set up, permanent, you sure. know, yeah. situa situation for me. And so I, I learned a lot more about COVID than I really cared to. Yeah, yeah. But um, anyways, we've checked with the proper people. We're having a show. Yep. Um, and uh, it's going to be slightly smaller, but it's going to have more of your grassroots companies. Yep. Uh, we've got seven seminars. So it's going to be March 19th and 20th. Uh, on the Friday, the doors will open at two o'clock mm -hmm. and uh, they'll go till eight. There's going to be a lure swap right after that. Oh, right So on. we're going to have a lure swap. Cool. It's always and then good. the next day, sit, huh? It's always the, the fun tradition at the, the Wasa show. <laughs> The, exactly. the swap. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. That's cool. You know, um, and then uh, Saturday, the doors will open back up again on Saturday morning at nine o'clock. Yep. Got some pretty good speakers. Um, yeah. Yeah. You got Mike Keys. Um, Mike Keys. Brian Fisher. Schaefer. Brett Schaefer. Yeah. I mean, that's Fisher speaking. Yep. Let me tell you, I just spent two days with this kid in the yeah. boat. He, he doesn't talk yeah. at all, does he? He's an animal. <laughs> He's a little, he's a little animal. <laughs> Absolutely. Just, just don't get people, him any Mountain Dew. <laughs> no, he didn't get, he got Gatorade for me. Yeah, Gatorade. Perfect. <laughs> but to watch that kid fish, he fishes like 30 year old men. Yeah, oh, absolutely. Yeah. He's a beast. Yeah, no, He no, is a cool. little beast. And it I hear so many cool. people, you know, say, well, he's a 12 year old kid. Uh, that 12 year old kid can... He can put it on those fish. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah no, it's cool stuff. Yeah. He's a smart kid. Oh, so he's going to be them. speaking. Yep. Uh, yep. Uh, Joe McClung. Uh, okay. Bob, uh, Bob Kimball, very, very good guide. 
puts a lot of good fish in the boat. Noah Binsfield will be speaking. Cool. Corey nice. Wilson, he's a river rat. I'm sure oh, you yeah. know who. Yep. I, yep. You know. Yep. So we got seven seminars. Uh, there's going to be a host of booths there. Mm-hmm. You know, guys, in October. You know, a lot of people said, "What about the big guys?" Yeah. The big guys. People need to understand something about big guys. Um, big booths. They, when they load up for a show, and they're going to set up four or five booths, they've got 180 to 200 man hours just loading a trailer. Sure. <laughs> and when they load, they load for usually four to five shows. Right. They yeah. Load a booth. They can't show. Yeah. Their trailer for one show. That's the only reason they're not going to yep. be there. It's yep. not because they want to be there. It's just that's not financially feasible for exactly. them. To, and then be there for a day and a half. Right. Right. No, for sure. So oh, that makes sense. But so, yeah. if you look yeah. at the people going to be there, they're all the same companies. Uh, you know, like I said, Red, Red October's and Red October Tubes is a nice addition. Mm-hmm. You know, Ross's is going to be there. Yep. Uh, Tadpoles is going to be there. Pretty much everybody, except a couple of the major booths. Sure. So, plus some new cool. people. Cool. Yeah. 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 Oh, I'll fun. probably end up swinging by on Saturday, and there's a chance I may bring a handful of baits, um, but I won't be setting up a big booth. But I'm hoping I can get enough built just to bring like a table full of a few of the swim baits or something like that. We'll see how it goes. Um, That's but, fine. Uh, I understand. I mean, you got to be inundated right now. I mean, I would say Lee, probably some of the most popular handmade baits on the market right now, without a doubt. I wish I could make more. Um, <laughs> but yeah, the Wausau Musky Bash. That the, the location, Rich, is is the it's going to be at the Central Wisconsin uh, Convention. I got to make sure I get this right. I'm getting older, as you know. It's the Central <laughs> Wisconsin Convention and Conference Center. It's the same venue that we use for the Wisconsin Musky Expo. Yep, right. And again, the reason we changed the name because for right. people the first time there. I don't want them to think this is the Muskie Expo. Right. We usually run about 130, 135 booths at the show. This is going to be about 80, but the, the booths that are coming, uh, you know, are there, there's some tremendous people that are going to be yep. there as well. The regular stables. Absolutely. So, no, that'd be um, fun. Yeah. And there's going to be seven seminars. There's good information. I think people are looking for that. It, it's always fun. Oh, I mean, yeah. my, this is my wife's yeah. highlight of the yeah. year. Right. <laughs> no doubt uh, uh, you folks do a tremendous job with the show. We're looking forward to it. I know everyone is looking forward to uh, a musky show. It's uh, in Rothschild, Wisconsin, which is right off the highway. Easy Very in, easy. easy out. It's just a no-brainer, uh, easy highway driving, and uh, hopefully we won't get any snow. So. Yeah, no doubt. <laughs> I hope not. It's March 19th and 20th. So. Right on. Cool. Well, let's jump into the rest of this. Uh, yeah. Gosh, where do we start? How the heck did you get into this musky thing, Rich? You know, it's been so long. <laughs> yeah. How the heck did you catch that bug? <laughs> well, you know, actually, I'll tell you what. I, I, you know, I grew up in central Wisconsin. Yep. Um, you know, I grew up close by the musky water. Yep. And uh, I don't know. It's crazy. I just, I got bit real bad. And, yeah. And, 
I ended up with a case of muskyitis, like, you know, like you guys. Do. Oh yeah, absolutely. <laughs> it's part of my life. It's been part of my life since I was seven years old. I am now 60. I'm, you know, I'm pushing 60 yeah. and, I'm, you know, I, I've been guy, I, you know, I went from fishing muskies to, then I got into the guiding business. Yep. Uh, get an education with that, right, Lee? You know, with all, <laughs> you know, yeah, but I, yeah. I guided, you know, full time for 17 years. I would probably continued guiding, but uh, we had, you know, some issues in northern Wisconsin. Uh, I mean, everybody knows the Native American spearing, you know, whether it was positive or negative, mm-hmm. affected the business in northern Wisconsin. And, uh, you know, when you have a wife and kids to support, yeah, you got to keep the money rolling in. And, and it just, it, it wasn't stable. If you would have told me back then that it was not going to be a stable, you know, that it was not going to be part of my life and that I was going to make a stable income, I would have mm-hmm. thought you were crazy, sure. but it did have an effect. Yep. Uh, Northern Wisconsin has totally flipped yep. to what, you know, basically I would call Monaco, Wisconsin, uh, Lake Geneva North. Sure. But back in the day, you know, back in the day, it was about, we would look at different, you know, Boulder Junction, Arbor Vita, yeah. uh, who had the biggest muskies in their perspective townships. Today, mm-hmm. you the word musky and they go is that an odor (laughs) what a musky is with some of the newer people you see more jet skis and yeah there's wakeboarders yeah you know and it's it's changed a lot yeah no it it is busy that's for sure um uh where'd you start off guiding where was the first first initially i started out guiding in hayward okay as you know you know, the guides, the older guides back then weren't, you know, they, they, they weren't quick to accept a younger guide coming yeah, in. They, sure. I, it's still that same, there's still that same history. Right, they, right, right. The established guides don't like the newer people that are coming in. Um, and then they gave me so much grief. I just kind of moved over. Mm-hmm. And, you know, one of the, you know, one of the fortunate things for me, you know, Tony Rizzo was like a second dad to me. And I think everybody That's, knows who Tony Rizzo is. Oh, yeah. That's pretty cool. And wow. so Tony had been wanting me to come over that way for a while, which yeah. I did. And honestly, I didn't really make a lot of noise. I mean, in order to be a guide, you have to basically hang out your sign and let yeah. people know your business. Yep. In the case of when, you know, when I came over there, I was one of the guides taking Tony Rizzo's overload. Sure. So, so you're I good. Have a lot of noise. <laughs> yeah. So that's why I wasn't, you know, writing in magazines or, I mean, we didn't have videos back then. Right, we didn't right. have this, you know. Yep. Uh, I think it's tremendous that you guys can utilize this and, you know, yeah. and it's, it's tremendous. But everything was word of mouth for us. So sure. really my business was built through the overload of Tony Rizzo and word of mouth. Man, I was, I mean, I was here, I was there doing seminars, yep. that type of thing. I, I really didn't need it. My sure. business built, thankfully, because Tony. Tony, yeah. That's, that's super out. cool. Wow. That's yeah, that's a good mentor. <laughs> uh, that, that doesn't hurt yeah. anything. <laughs> I'm going to tell you, I've spent that's a lot, I've spent a lot of time with Tony. You know, um, 
I miss the man dearly. Yeah. Uh, seen every side of Tony Rizzo. And, yeah. and I can tell you, you know, back in the day, okay, basically in the late 70s, 80s, and even early in the 90s, you know, Tony amassed, and, and I know this for a fact, I had access to Tony's logbooks. Uh, when you would walk in Tony's basement, of course, he had a 41-pounder, you know, that was mounted from uh, Buckatobin. Uh, That's and, crazy. You know, he got that fish, and then, uh, you know, he had he had over 300 pictures on his wall of oh, 30 wow. him, you know, Tony and or his clients have caught. Sure. And all the Right. Oh. He has 300. And I've I've read his logbooks. I've read, I've looked at everything. I've seen all the pictures. My wife has seen all the pictures. Mm -hmm. Wow, and, uh, that's cool. The two largest fish he had, he had a, his largest was a 47 and a half pounder. Yep. And then, of course, they had, uh, I think I marked it for you. I, I was just going through some things. He guided his dad. I don't know if you can see this stuff or not. But he guided. Yeah. Yep. Just that, a little yeah. higher. Yeah. Oh yeah. That, was, that was Tony's largest fish. Yeah. And the man to the the other page that was his dad. That was a thirty nine pounder. Sure. And um, in one of these books here, I've got a picture of uh, um, of of Ed Brown's forty six pounder. <laughs> Jeez. This all these are all Wisconsin, northern Wisconsin fish people right, right there. Right. Look at that. Look at that. Pig. Look at that chunk. Oh Look my. at that stuff. What is it? What was the length on it? Um did it I say four Sure. It was uh, fifty-four inches. It was forty-six pounds, one ounce. Holy crap. And, and, you know, you know, I got to that fish came from Star Lake. Sure. Wow. Oh, gosh, that's crazy. We had big muskies in Wisconsin. No, that's insane. Those are, uh, could you imagine seeing those again? I mean, I wish I knew what, when was the last 40 pounder caught out of northern Wisconsin? I mean, there might have been this one this a, year. Who this knows? This is the thing no. that drives me nuts about all this is when I look at what I saw back when I was younger, and Lee can, you know, I know he can appreciate this because he's seen these back in the Vilas County Muskie Marathon. They they registered fish. Yeah, registered a fish for the top ten, and I and yes, back in those days it was different. They brought the fish in. The fish right. was way certified scale. That's just the way it was. Yeah, you know, can't change past. But in some years, it would they would the top three or four fish were all over forty pounds. Right, which is One incredible. Year, uh, Gene Wait. Allen got a fifty-one pounder. That was 51 inches out of the flambeau chain, and it was registered. Gosh. Back in the 80s. Yeah. yeah I that, that. 80s isn't even that long ago. That's the crazy That's part. right. I mean, it's really not. Um, I mean, granted, a lot of those big fish were killed, and, I mean, it'll take time to, you know, see that again. But ever. Will we, though? Will we? That's the question. That's my right? question. That's, that's the problem. Will we see that? Yeah. Because, personally, I've also, you know, being around this, I also was fortunate to have spent time with the DNR. And listen, the DNR people, you know, before anything is said, we've got some wonderful people that work for the DNR. Absolutely. And I've oh, been they've done so much for our yeah. waters here in Madison. It's crazy. Yeah. I think the people awesome. are great people. 
Mm -hmm. But I also think that our DNR is run by the politics or politicians sure. of the state. And so they're not always able to do the things they truly want to do. Sure. Sure. And, do. yeah, you know, they've got to be efficient with the money that is given to them. And right, which isn't a lot, Muskies, you know. Not, no, <laughs> right. it's not. And muskies is such a small portion, you know. You talk about the salmon fishery, you talk walleyes, and I mean, I mean, the probably biggest thing was that um, that walleye thing that we had happen. What was that four years ago? The walleye initiative. I mean, that that's that's so much hatchery space, and I mean, that's just go. It's it's hurting the muskies. I, I would say. Here's the thing with the walleye initiative. Okay, they you know the walleye population is tremendously down why yeah. let's be honest the native american spearing has hurt the yeah. the population tremendously i watched it happen i saw the walleyes that were coming in mm -hmm. seeing the walleyes that were dumped in the woods this isn't hearsay it's yeah. fact yeah I watched the muskies that were speared that were put up for sale for to individuals mm -hmm. that got bought or fish that got dumped i saw all that sure fact I watched the Native Americans spit in Todd Powell's face, and then Todd Powell got taken off by the Vilas County Sheriff's Department, and it was okay for them to spit in his face, but he's the one who got taken off and put in a squad car. Sure. That's facts. Yep. My yep. kids went to Lakeland High School, and I saw the, let's just say the racism, if you want to per se, mm -hmm. okay, towards white people as mm -hmm. opposed to Americans. That's fact. Yep. Okay, try to hide all that. But this Wally initiative was to replace the walleyes that have been speared. Mm -hmm. And actually, being in this business, I'd watch fishing guides go out, catch a limit of walleyes. Right, one which was out, a big thing, yeah. Fillet the fish because they wanted to eat their walleyes and go back and take another party. Another and limit. Take yeah. Which that's, that's, that's huge, that's too. Huge. Yeah. Everyone, so, I mean, yeah, it's not like we're trying to point the finger at it. Why one I'm thing? I'm not pointing I mean, fingers at yeah, anybody. Yeah, no, no, no. it's just, it's I'm a, just humans are bad it's for just, fish. Yes, that's Thank probably you. the biggest thing. Humans are bad for fish. I mean, we can, yeah. I mean, we can look at what? I mean, another thing, like Mendota Perch. Let's talk about Mendota Perch for a second. Like, people yeah, killed back that. In 1999, <laughs> yeah. and, 99 and 2000, you could go out there in the winter, drill a hole, and pretty much, you know, catch a limit of perch if you had half a clue what you were doing. Yeah. And, and they said, oh, we'll never fish it out. People came from everywhere, Dakotas, everywhere. all out of state, you know, and and decimated the perch population. And, yeah. And now they blame it on the northern pike. It's like, right. Or, no, no, it was no. the catfish for a while. <laughs> right. Killed, yeah, but then we got those. Too. They killed those out of there, too. Which right, is just, yeah. oh, it's just sad, you know. It's, it's sad. Humans. Yeah. No, I mean, that's the I biggest thing. I agree with you 100%, Lee. It's just... Greed. It's a lot of greed. Yeah. Yes. And so we got this wall initiative to replace the fish yep. for what? Because they're still allowed to spear. Yeah, and... that'll never change. And I mean, right. I mean, I get it. It's part of, you know, I mean, it's, it's part of the, the heritage. I get it. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I yep. mean, I, I, one thing, and Lee knows this. Lee's known me a long time. I'm going to be just straight up. I'm not going to... I mean, I'd always say the things people want to hear. Mm -hmm. They don't believe, but I'm not going to, this, you know, if I, I see it with my own eyes. I saw what happened, you know, in Northern Wisconsin. That's mm -hmm. why I Northern Wisconsin. Yeah. Which is for that very reason, because I watched the decimation of our lakes. Yeah. Which and is it sad. Did so when did the spearing all get popular? Really? 
Well, I think when it really took off, when I, it really took off was basically in the mid to late eighties. I think they always yeah. speared. Here's but the thing. The popularity. Right, exactly. And they kept going. And, and, and the popularity would, of musky fishing, like all those guides, I mean. Grew at of, the same time. Yeah, which big fish were getting killed too with, you know, the guides and fishermen. And then you got the spearing getting popular, which is, you know, it's all, you know. Well, here's, here's the thing that people need to realize also. They, when, you know, they list numbers mm-hmm. you know, of, as far as speared fish. They talk about the spring time spearing, but people don't realize is they're also allowed to spear during the winter months, and that's when most of the damage is taking place. Sure, yeah, trust yeah. me, I know because as Lee well knows, up in northern Wisconsin, if you're a guide and you got really, unless you're going to a show, what do you do? Well, you work on musky baits mm-hmm. and put new hooks on them. And what I would do is go out to the lakes and I would, you know, I, I was there to start trouble, but I would talk to some of the Native Americans. And I think I probably, you know, back then, I didn't, we didn't have cameras on our phones and stuff like that. Right. But when you see 10 or 11 fish laying on the ice, I mean, how many musky fishermen on a consistent basis catch 10 or 11 muskies in a day on a consistent basis. Right. It doesn't happen. <laughs> a few times, but not. not. And I know you have done it plenty on the Madison chain. <laughs> nah, just one. <want> so, <laughs> For me, anyways. Well, you had a couple. A couple few. <laughs> Listen, during the before season, I used to come down to Madison chain. Do you remember Travis Richardson? Sure. Lee? I'd yep. come down before our season opened up. Sure. I'd come down to fish Wabisa and Monona. And I remember several days that we had where we had anywhere from six to nine muskies in the boat. Yeah. It was easy, stupid back then. <laughs> and then in Wabisa, they were all tigers. Oh, right sure. Back then, yeah. That's cool. You know, a lot of people don't realize that, but we caught some real nice tigers. I think I think the best day we had, we took Bruce Schwingle from uh, Dorn Hardware Sports. Remember, Bruce? Yeah. Oh, yeah. And... Uh, <laughs> We caught 11 fish. We caught 11 muskies in the afternoon on Rizzo Wizzes. Oh, nice. no kidding. <laughs> yeah. And then, I, then I spoke at the Capital City Muskies Inc. meeting after that. Yeah. Yeah. It was quite a story that, you know, Bruce, you know, told the people what That's had happened. funny. Yeah. So that, that'll do. <laughs> but, anyways, I mean, this wasn't about spearing. You know, what has happened is, is you talked, to, you brought the Wally Initiative. Mm-hmm. So, every is being poured into the walleye initiative because the walleye fishermen scream the loudest yeah there's more of them yeah there's a lot more of them yep i think musky fishermen need to quit fighting on facebook and they need to get together and and become unified one One. yep as one and start because they all have the same passion right they want i think they must say let's get it back together again yeah yeah no i mean that's a great point yeah it's not so Fighting amongst each other is just never gonna be the thing. I mean, the what walleye guys—they can all just go with each other and be like, "Yes, we want, we want." F- a lot of them just want fillets when they go up to their Northwoods cabins. Right. I mean, a, a fish right. dinner here and there. So a lot of people. Which want brings that. you back to the muskies, right? You know, so if the muskies are being speared and they're stocking muskies back into the lakes, then we come back to why aren't we producing those forty pounders anymore? Sure. Because quite frankly, they have to be really efficient with the money they have. And as I said, I've been out with, you know, the DNR when they mm-hmm. were 
they were pulling the fight nets to pull the eggs. And basically, when you look at, you know, that area of Wisconsin, those eggs go to, you know, the Woodruff Hatchery on Highway J. And most of the eggs come from uh, basically Big Arbor Vita, Little Arbor Vita, the thoroughfare on Manaqua Lake. Mm -hmm. And they all come in. And at times, they've taken them from Sweeney and a couple other lakes. Sure. Yeah. So. You know, you and I, when we were talking one one time, Robbie, I had mentioned to you it. I know this is going to sound crazy to a lot of people, but at one time when I was younger, you could lay a turtle flambeau muskie if you had taken the muskies from the lake and laid them on the ground. And if you had a chip off lodge muskie, a turtle flambeau muskie, a muskie from Big Arbor Vita, or a Bucketobin Lake muskie, mm-hmm. I you the identity of each one of those fish i'd bet you a thousand bucks i would get right every time sure because yeah they had their own dna and though you know and if you look at some of the older days like uh i have a picture here somewhere of dick slate who uh Hmm. you know took rita hillenbrand out and got a pounder yeah 53 pounds very common on the turtle flambeau, those fish were big heads, big tails, and just, just Guts. chunk guys on them. Big yeah. bodies. What year was that again? Uh, this was back in uh, late 70s, early 80s. Sure. Oh, this fish was back in the 50s. Yeah, yeah. Sure. If, uh, you know, even like Tony Rizzo, Penny's got a picture of, of Tony hanging up in her, in her computer room. Yeah. Here, look at this. This was common, you know, in Wisconsin. Look at this. That fish here, this fish over here was yeah. a 30 pounder. Right, right. This here was a thir- this one on the other page is a 35 pounder. Yeah. Um, Just I know where amazing the animals. Is. We're talking about Dick Slate's uh, picture. Uh, one of the guides in Wisconsin uh, up in the Lake Tomahawk area was Ray Kennedy. He's okay. got a 50 pounder out of the uh, Manaqua chain. Here's one of his customers with a 44 pounder. Gosh. The is, I can show you pictures, yeah. pictures and pictures uh, of of 40 pound fish that were caught in Wisconsin, as well as the Chippewa Floage. Yeah, yeah, no could, doubt. Could you find, uh, you know, the Dick Slate picture? We'll show you a picture of that 53 pounder. Yeah, yeah. Um, Gosh, yeah, that's crazy. I've stuff, seen some man. monstrous fish. When I would tell people that I saw uh, a mid to upper 40 pound class fish, say on the turtle flambeau flowage, they would look at you and, and like today, they would look at you like you're nuts. Right. That but, didn't happen. Yeah. You're lying. Here's you're the lying. picture of that fish. I'm not used to all this camera stuff, but you can see. Uh, look at that. That was very typical of turtle flambeau fish. Robbie, I would catch a 46 incher. Yeah. I weighed it. It would weigh between 30 and 32 pounds. Sure. Just freaks. Yeah. Turtle flambeau back then. Now, I had that time back then in the late 70s, early 80s. Yep. Today, can you still get one of these whales? Yes, but they're not as prevalent. Mm-hmm. We're catching stock muskies, which right. you can see the bars, the difference, the different, the fi- the build of the fish mm-hmm. as opposed to the fish we used to catch back then. Sure. Yeah, you get a you get a a thirty seven incher, and you couldn't even get your hand around the tail of a thirty seven incher. They're 
They're impressive. Yeah, animals. Rich, uh, that particular fish you just showed, that's the fish that really inspired me to spend uh, a lot of time on that body water on turtle flambeau. And uh, to this day, the, the longest fish I've ever seen in Wisconsin uh, was on turtle flambeau and uh, had never caught a 50 out there, got fish up to like 48 and a half, I believe. Mm -hmm. And, uh, but yeah, I've definitely seen some super monster 50 inch class fish in there. Uh, granted, uh, you know, more than 10 years ago, 10, 15, 20 years ago. Uh, yeah. When did you see, it was like, what, almost a mid, you'd say maybe a mid 50, like 53, yeah. 54. Oh, it was definitely over 53, that 53 yeah. to 55 range I saw. What year was that? Was that online basin? Uh, that would have been probably. It's definitely over twenty years ago now. Sure. So, well, I lived Late up 90s. there in nineteen ninety nine. Oh, is that when you uh, saw that thing when you were living yeah. up there? Oh wow. Yeah. Well, that, so, that keeps it going. <laughs> that's a long time ago. Gosh, but that's anyway, cool. Yeah, that, but that yeah. lake historically produced some really big fish. Giants. Yeah. I was very fortunate. I had Bill Tut, you know, take me under his under his wing and teach me that water. And uh, that's where basically, you know, talking about the old days, I spent my early part of the season on the chip, on the Chippewa flowage. Okay. I, the Chippewa flowage is a better, you know, early June. season, sure. June, July, up till about August. Yeah. Um, really good early morning bite on the Chippewa flowage in early, the first or second week of August, you get out there at four o'clock in the morning and you know, and you start, you know, working some creepers over the bars sure. and you're going to put some fish, yeah. but most people don't want to get up at that time. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. They, you know, put the effort into it. Right. Uh, but then I would move to the turtle flambeau because I found that the turtle flambeau was definitely a better fall uh, flowage sure. as far as consistency. Yeah. And agree. moved to a lot of, you know, nice fish. We call a lot of nice fish. I've got 17, fish out of uh, over 30 pounds in Wisconsin, and uh, uh, a lot of them came from the turtle flambeau flowage. Yeah. You know, and though I don't have a lot of 50 inchers, because I fish for those genetics, Yeah. believe it or not, a lot of those fish were 46, 47, 48, and they would be 30, 31, 32, 33 pounds. Yeah, which are now, incredible I've had animals. my customers my largest, my customer's largest fish on the turtle flambeau was a 3712. Mm -hmm. And that fish was 51 and a half inches long. What time of year? Uh, that was in September, September Jeez. 20th, the exact. Gosh, those Wisconsin. So, so about whales, what year man. was that? Um, I want to say right around 82, 83, right in there. Sure. Okay. Gosh. So, that had have been so cool without any GPS back then. That had oh, been yeah. scary. How, I mean, what kind of boat were you running out there without hitting Tuffy. crap? A toughie? Tuffy. Oh, jeez. Magnum. <laughs> yeah. I, I ran the Esox until they came out with the Magnums. And then yeah. I, I still run a Magnum. I'm in Florida. I got Esox Magnum sitting out sure. my car. Oh, that's awesome. People, People are like, what the heck is that? Yeah. <laughs> that's cool. So, you but know, yeah, one you, of the guys... Huh? Uh, oh no go ahead <laughs> You're good. i was just gonna tell you this robbie you and i talked you know we, you know we talked about doing this last night yeah and we're talking a little about butternut and sure. how it's not a small fish in actuality years ago 
uh, Butternut had a reputation for putting out 35 pounders. Matter of fact, one of the guides that used to guide on Butternut is Brian Lutz. There's a 30, there's a big fish from that area right there. Wow. And this is Price County, right? That's that's Price County. Butternut, correct. Yeah. I'm telling you, in the old days, there was a lot of big fish caught. Yeah. You know, if you look at the Violet County Muskie Marathon, Mm-hmm. Um, here, this is Marv Healer from St. Germain, 42 pounds, 42 pounds. That's just insane. A lot of big fish caught in, yeah. in, in Madison, Atlanta County. Yep. The younger generation doesn't understand that. Yeah. No, Because no, they sure. weren't there. Right. They didn't and witness why are these they giants. not caught now? That's the big question. That's just the big, I mean, I get, I get all the arguments. I mean. Uh, yeah, so a lot of fish got killed at that point. A lot, a lot of big ones. Experience. But yeah, I mean, that's another, like, it's, th- there's something else to it. I don't know. We should be seeing, you should hear about a 40 pounder once every two years. With the equipment, the boats that everybody Side had, imaging. Yeah. There should be 40 pounders caught. Mm-hmm. They're not. Everybody's, and everybody's argument's going to be, well, because they killed them all. Which, okay. It's the part of it. Sure yeah. Right, and he and you, and that's exactly right. right. But if 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 they're if they have the genetics, you should still be catching thirty five and forty pounders. Mm-hmm. Kept track of my big fish. Tony instilled in me about keeping records. Yeah, and my big fish, the average big fish is forty seven inches. Sure. Now, do I believe forage has a factor in that? Yes, to a degree. Uh, the fertility of the lake, yes. Yep. But I still think genetics is a very important factor. And the only reason, you know, it was uh, uh, on one of the muskie sites, I think it was muskie fishing tips and tricks. Yep. But somebody that kind of came after you, Robbie, not, you know, agreeing with you from the, the Larry Ramsell sure. uh, interview when you guys did that. Mm-hmm. And I agree with Larry. And, the, and somebody pointed out, Where's the facts? Where's the facts? Well, you know what? Here's there the facts. Yeah. We have copies of all this stuff from the DNR. Yeah. It's what it goes back to like the third what? 36, yeah. I think 32. I've got all the charts. Yeah. And the DNR is even mentioned the fact yeah. how they they cross the genetics. Yep. Well, now which they, is cool right now with their new uh, DNR's new management program that started like I think I believe 2006, right after all this crazy stuff went down. Um, and it sounds like they got you know it sounds like good things are happening. I hope I hope, so. I hope that plan what they're doing right now is is the end all be all be all because they have with that plan I I think they acknowledge like yeah back like in that study you you just held up um, they acknowledge that stuff got mixed and that's why they want to keep it pure right now you know not, cool not, as right as they do it yep and i hope it works out i you know we'll see you know it's time will tell it's this isn't a you know this is a not a couple year fix it's uh, it'll take a while <laughs> and that's the shame of it because yeah. in my life right now i'm probably not gonna see it right which is it is what yeah. it is yeah you know, It'll be interesting. Thirty years, who knows? If it all well, works out and they figured that out, I mean, who knows? <laughs> I give you know. Here's the thing: 
you know, back in the day, you know, you know, musky fishermen today, well, fishermen in general, they go to those spring hearings. Yeah. And so that when I can hear what they're thinking. And I did that too. And I, I think to a degree, I think that's good. Yeah. But I think I used to go to the meetings, the conservation Congress meetings, mm-hmm. you know, the DNR lawyer was sitting, you know, was sitting right there along with the Capitol police, making sure everybody, you know, stayed in line. Sure. I think musk fishermen today need to get a little bit more involved, a little more educated at what's yep. going on. Yep. You know, um, you know, when I was guiding, I had a family that I had to support and guiding and working. You know, Lee will tell you, you have to be very diversified in this industry to make a living. Mm-hmm. And Lee's done excellent. I think he's done probably some of the, one of the best jobs of anybody because, you know, he's got the lure business he was guiding. He's got this, you know, this uh, you know, technical, yeah. you know, he's got today's angler. You guys yeah. do through all this, you know, this cool stuff. And through all of it, I'm sure your guys are making a living, but a lot of people want to come into this business thinking that they're going to make big money and fish every day. That's not what happens. No, and no. <laughs> and you have the wrong concept of what's going on. Yeah. You got to love it. Fishermen that are fishing today. And that's all they're worried about is going fishing. Yeah. They're yep. not, they don't. Well, there take, wasn't, they don't. I'm sorry, Rich. Right. No, no, go. I, I'm, I'm listening. I was just going to say there, uh, uh, you made me think of the musky stamp and back in uh Josh, that back would be in mid awesome. mid 2000s um uh i was talking with pete mayna and fishing with him at the time and you know there we kind of made this push of the musky stamp at the conservation congress hearings and it just got shut down harder than a brick and what year 2005 yeah 2000 Jeez. yeah pro- um uh, it's probably 2006, I want to say. Do you remember what it was all entailed? Like, just it was it just a stamp to fish muskies, or did it um, was that a harvest deal? It was a harvest stamp, one per year. Yep. So that means everyone yeah. was. Yeah. Okay. So I mean, but basically, just to put that money into muskie, and yeah. I I think I speak uh, maybe for most muskie fishermen. As far I throw, as I throw a hundred dollar bill <laughs> oh <my> every <laughs> year. Yeah. You know, a lot of people. Would. In a heartbeat. Yeah, yeah. In a heartbeat. If it goes directly to musky fishing, phew, that's amazing. If I know that money's going to go to musky fishing, yep. I would gladly pay a hundred dollars. You know, a hundred dollar yeah. bill. If they get it like ten dollars or twenty bucks or whatever, I would gladly give more. Sure. You know, make sure as long as I know it was going to musky fishing. Yep. Lee, that's amazing to me. You know, I and I vaguely remember that. Mm-hmm. Just so, I mean, since in this past year, I've had three strokes. So yeah. when you're giving me dates and stuff, yeah, it's I don't a little know. fuzzy. Yeah, I used to. I was sure. I was pretty sharp. Yeah, and I was on top of all this stuff. Yep. And you know, now I have to write notes, or I need to go back and look sure. at things. Uh, you know, re- to remember. You know, to remind myself. You yeah, know? yeah, yeah. So Absolutely. I mean, here's a picture I sent to you. We were talking about fishing lead last night, and this was a typical Chippewa flowage muskie. See if I can do this right. Over, look at look at that chunk. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I'm not tipping that. That was one of my customers. Yep. That was a typical Chippewa flowage build. Sure. Giant. You're not seeing yeah. that anymore. 
Yeah. I mean, I saw. Storage? I don't right. know. Wait, man, Robbie, maybe that is the case. There are some giants there caught. A couple nice, yeah. There was some nice, a few Ooh. nice fish caught yeah. out there. This there's a couple giants season. this year. Yeah, early August, I believe. Uh, right, right, right. When that cool down, that first cool down after the major heat, there's some flipping giants caught, which is sure. cool to see. Which is very exciting. Maybe things are working out. I mean, it's right. I mean, who knows? I mean, it's just something that we should discuss and all be on the same page. Because who knows? I don't know. I just want it to work out for the future musky fishermen. Musky fishermen, yeah. Keep northern Wisconsin. I mean, like uh, Larry, I, one of the quotes is the, the musky built the schools in northern Wisconsin. Like, this is a very important fish to the whole state of Wisconsin. It's, it's our state fish. We should really right. take care of it, you know. Wisconsin's the heart of musky fishing. And I think a lot of surrounding states around us um, have done a much better job in their you know their musky program than actually i think we have right right surpassed us sure and i likely i mean i i you know we probably have one of the hardest states to manage though with all the different yeah because we have so many different types of water which i can understand and that's why one size limit doesn't fit all lakes sure i I suggested to the dnr years ago if you have a class a musky lake put a 40 inch size limit if it's a class b maybe put a a 44 45 inch size limit on it and if it's a you know i'm just examples here okay yeah, yep if it's a lake like trout lake up in Vallis county yeah 50 inch size limit because here's what they do understand fish basically top out the average musky the everyday musky like every like an average man walking around mm-hmm. top out at about 51 52 inches now are there michael jordans out there sure, sure there and there's not and not every man is seven foot tall right one thing i've learned when they stock muskies and i'm sure you've seen this also lee when they stock muskies have you ever noticed when they're the fingerlings in the net there's a few different fish that are larger than the rest of them that are in there sure sure yeah no so that's a great point behemoths. yeah those are going to be the big dogs wow yeah or just has that you know it's in in them to eat more or something you know to grow more yeah that, that's a good great point never no, i've so, never thought of that one yeah huh i mean lee you've traveled all over this country fishing muskies i've traveled i mean i've fished muskies in minnesota canada wisconsin kentucky tennessee west virginia I've been around and i've sampled the fishing in other states i mean they just got a somebody just got a 55 incher in west virginia yeah they're doing it i think uh, one of the muskies inc members just got a 48 i mean granted no, the there's weather giants down there yeah do that but there's some big fish being caught in a lot of places i mean mm-hmm. most fishermen don't realize that there's seventy five thousand acres in tennessee that are not getting touched by musky people sure. sure and i know you've done this it's funny you know, it, you know, in my younger years, I used to travel around and fish all these cool places like you guys are doing now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and then I had to settle down. I was guiding and and, and paying my bills and taking people fishing. Yep. And then when I got, you know, older, I started doing a little bit of that traveling. And no matter where I've been, everybody yeah. said that Lee talking was already there. You know, <laughs> Lee just left. That. Lee just left. <laughs> Yeah, I used to. I've heard that so many times. We were just, we just. <laughs> That's so. funny. 
For the record, a lot of people have said, uh, Lee, how come you don't fish Canada now? Uh, and for the record, I have fished a lot of the great waters in Canada. Lake of the Woods, uh, Winnipeg System, Lac Sewell, where I caught my first 50, a 54 and a half incher. Um, and quite honestly, when the Minnesota thing got rolling, it was much better. Ten times better, so I I'd say. To consistently That's... get a 50 incher. <laughs> yeah, you like can't touch every... it. Every three days. Three days. Have a shot. <laughs> Have a shot. Yeah, yeah. It's crazy. Or but more. anyway, I just wanted oh, yeah. to throw that out there for a fun For sure. Fact. Yeah. You, you're, you're exactly right, Lee. Back, I remember a friend of mine that we, uh, uh, that we, uh, he was from Wisconsin. He owned a resort on Lake Holcomb. Um, we, some we giants up, out of there. <laughs> yes. There's some really historically, good Historically, yeah. You know, historically, Yes. But uh, he came up to fish Malax, and I told him how good the fishing was, Lee, mm-hmm. just to relate to this. And we took him out just for an evening. Paul Hartman, myself, and, and Randy went out. I think that night we moved, I think, 38 fish uh, in, a, in an evening of fishing and, uh, you know, the, in one spot, yeah. back and forth, working the North Shore line up around Malax. Sure. And probably eight or 10 of those fish were actually between probably from 48 to 53 inches. Sure. Yeah. If you wouldn't have seen it, you you wouldn't have believed it. Wow. That's like, that's why he went. Yeah. No, this is Minnesota Minnesota stuff. Oh, yeah. It's talking North shore Mille Lacs. Oh, on Mille Lacs. Sorry. I missed that. Yeah. Guys from Holcomb. (laughs) I got it. Yeah, yep. I'm fine. It was, a guy, it was a guy from Holcomb that came up to fish with us. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. So it was, uh, you know, incredible. Fishing different in Minnesota. But I had mentioned about the politics in, in, in our DNR. The politics are starting to enter into Minnesota. Oh, it has entered. Yeah. Starting. It has been for years, but it's getting real bad. What's happening now? They don't want to stock muskies in Minnesota. Which is awesome. That new did you see that a new report came up for uh, no. the musky diet? So that's finally all finalized. They got that public, um, like the percentage of walleyes in their stomach. I think uh, muskies were more in their stomachs than walleyes. Than walleyes? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That could have been that a different. I, I don't know. But it's super cool that that's that's out now. They got the data from that. So hopefully that's gonna change some people's minds and. Uh, They'll get back to what they want to do because that DNR, they they want to stock muskies. <laughs> they knew what that did. I'm sure they know what that, that knew what that, that did to the money tourism. For that yeah. State. yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, for sure. Yeah, for sure. Look at all the the musky fishing. Let's see. I want to say in the early and the late '90s, it was a big thing. Muskies. It was crazy in Minnesota. Yeah, and you know, it just I watched right down the tubes. You know, the fishing back there was phenomenal. I remember the first time I fished with Paul Hartman, we were fishing in downtown Minneapolis. Sure. I don't remember the exact number of fish we saw that night, but it was, it was. Yeah, it, Metro. It was <laughs> big number. It was like, we saw like 25 fish that night. Yeah. We boated three or four, um, had 11 fish hooked. Yeah. It was, we're talking about downtown Minneapolis, women right. running. On the lake in black spandex <laughs> exercise yeah. and, and yeah. Paul's saying did you see that i said would you have a follow-up he goes no the one up there in the spandex <laughs> i was looking for a fish dude watching, yeah. me, watching my face wait yeah 
That's what, like what that was going on. <laughs> That's hilarious. In, in that time frame. <laughs> yeah. Yep. So they no. had a tremendous program and they just went. Yeah. Right no, it's sad. So, but, uh, yeah. The same thing. Minnesota's got good people in their DNR, just yep. as we do in the state of Wisconsin. Yep. But I think the biggest thing we need to remove the politics from mm-hmm. the DNR. Sure. Maybe I'm wrong. What do you that think, sounds Lee? Difficult. That sounds, sounds difficult. difficult. Yeah. Um, but no, uh, from what Robbie, I was chatting with the other uh, evening here about uh, the Wisconsin Muskie program. He had kind of a, uh, an earful from uh, a couple of individuals. Sounds like, uh, you know, it sounds like it's definitely on the, you know, on the up. Yeah. So no, I mean, I, I got an email back from the, uh, one of the guys I work in Spooner and they said some of the, in recent years, there's been a lot more fifties in their nets. So maybe things are working. I would love to have one of them on to talk about what they're seeing because with the new program and seeing what, what they're seeing, but fortunately, I don't know. We got to find somebody, but yeah, yeah, there's a, there's a lack of interest to come onto this platform at the moment, but I don't know. I, I, I'm excited to see what happens. I hope, that's going to be the the cure is um what they're doing right now well it seems like the lack of interest uh for people to come on this platform we we want an equal platform we want everybody to come on and and tell us uh their point of view and the fact that we've had other people on that maybe are opposing views you know don't necessarily reflect our views we just want everyone to have a discussion yeah Yeah. people can hear it yeah no i would love to hear from everyone i mean rich you you brought up amazing points did you ask the dnr to come on the uh, to do this yeah yeah both of them declined at the moment they did decline (laughs) yeah yep well i'm gonna tell you one thing i mean they're very polite about it absolutely yeah that's cool i mean like i just said there are people there are some great people working for the DNR, but I think as you climb the ladder higher, you know, within the DNR, you know, the people that are at the, you know, the, you know, state level, mm-hmm. I, I, I think that they're lost in what's really going on in within the state of Wisconsin sure. because they're stuck in office. Right. They're not, and, they're not at the lakes. They're not fishing. You know, it's no, right. Not at all. You know, that's will only tell you so much. Right, exactly, and that's the thing. They should be transparent. It's our, it's our fishing license dollars, mm-hmm. and the grants they get to keep, you know, to keep, you know, the program going right. in the state of Wisconsin. They should be transparent and tell the people what's really going on. And even though I live here in Florida, I mean, mm-hmm. we've got people here uh, that that are always on the phone with me from Wisconsin, telling me what's going on. Sure, you know that my. Next is pretty large so i hear a lot of things i mean and i've got guys i've got a uh, uh guy that you know, when i'm up there it takes me make sure i get on the water musky fishing mm-hmm. i mean he's a big your guy's jake bray and he's one of those unsung you know voices in the state of wisconsin mm-hmm. that wants a fish and he wants answers and wonders why he's not getting it because the man is he's a devout musky fisherman okay he's very good at what he does and yet he wants a big fish and wants to know why he's not getting it. And so yeah. I'm going to give that a shout out because he guys thinks he thinks you guys are great. He loves the fact that you have brought this format sure. the last few you've had on. Yeah. And, 
you know, talking about this. So he cool. thinks he thinks that's wonderful. I mean, last yeah. week you had Dave Herbeck. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Right. Herbeck's yeah. caught some big fish. Oh yeah. He, he saw Herbeck, it. Where did yeah, he goes. He saw it. Uh, what did he say? He's like, yeah, I could kind of see it going down a little bit, and then Canada came, and it it happened at the right time. He was able to leave. <laughs> Right. Steve so. Herbeck is one of the, I think, you know, I remember having breakfast with him one morning <laughs> at the Nina sports show years ago. Sure. I was thinking about this last night, Robbie, and he told me that he, his goal was to be, he wanted to be the best big fish, you know, big musky fit guide out there. Mm-hmm. And I think he's a close that. Yeah. I no also was in Boulder Junction getting frustrated. And I remember when he left, why, why? It's a fish. Yeah. And yeah, he went somewhere he with <laughs> he went somewhere where he has that now. Well, hopefully exactly after all this. I mean, look at the fish away. that Lee has got. Yeah. You know, he's got but he traveled had to travel for it. Yep. To go find him. Yeah. No I doubt. Wish that back then I would have had the insight. You had the insight to do that, Lee. You went out and you wanted big fish, and I just kind of you know, I stuck right in Wisconsin doing my everyday thing. Yep. Which is great. And going, you know, to travel. But you went out and you found them. And yeah. you got some tremendous fish under your belt. Impressive. Man, I don't want to keep well, saying that. Well, the fisheries that. make the guy. Sure. Yeah. Yeah, no. Without a doubt. Thank yeah. you. You're exactly right. Yeah. The fishery makes the guide. Mm-hmm. No, I mean, it's amazing what some of the guides up here are still doing with, um, you know, the fisheries in northern Wisconsin. I mean, it takes a lot of years there's to get some, that good, though. guys up in Wisconsin, <laughs> yeah. but they're on top of, they're doing things a little bit differently. Yep. The thing with guides, you know, and I think, Lee, you can probably answer this as well. Most of my, when I, you know, I was based out of Manaqua, yep. Woodruff, Harbor Vita. Most of the people that we would have come to that area were white-collar workers, mm-hmm. business people. Sure. We had very influential people that would either visit and or had second homes in that area. Sure. Um, you know, I, I'll give you, for example, Chris Farley has been in my boat four times. Remember? <laughs> oh, no kidding. No, no way. That's awesome. You got to be kidding me. Be Chris Farley. Okay. So Tommy Chris, we like come- wingy. Huh? <laughs> Tommy likes wingy. Yeah, exactly. Listen, we <laughs> No, you waited for an hour to to talk Tell about this. <laughs> You'd be amazed of the people that I've had. I've had Dale Earnhardt in my boat. You see, when I you take people like that fishing, Dale Earnhardt, you can't close that. Yeah, I've had Dale Earnhardt. My wife's got a signed hat from Dale Earnhardt from years ago. Wow, senior, and, right? Obviously, senior. Yeah. We're yeah. talking about senior. Gosh, that's yeah. crazy. Wow. Um, you you hit like, here, for instance. The, the, you know, do you remember the movie Dances with Wolves? Vaguely. Vaguely? Well, the, what, Penny? Oh, my age is showing. But that movie, owned all that land up there, has a place just up by Presque Isle. Sure. Or Randy Travis or Barbara Eden. Yeah. No, it's a beautiful area. Absolutely. Exactly. They would come there. But here's the thing. When those people would come or just people would come, they didn't want a 30 pounder. They want to catch wanted, action. They wanted to catch a 30. They wanted to catch a muskie. Yes. So, right. Yep. Lee, what do you do when somebody wants to catch a fish? You Go put to them action on action water. Lake. Yep. 
which is and most of my customers wanted that. Yeah, they want absolutely to catch six to forty inch churn. And so they're good with we, it, which is cool. You know, and that's what's exactly. awesome about Northern Wisconsin. You can do that. You know, you can do that. Right. And then it's just a, a bummer. Those trophy lakes, there are very hard to, to do it. You know, like well, very and that's hard. Thing, that's what, and that's what Tony Rizzo did. Tony Rizzo. He had the trophy Tony, honors. They came with him. He had some very influential customers that wanted just nothing but big a fish. giant. Yes. Yep. And so yeah. that's how we're. Same with Steve Herbeck. I would say too. You know, same thing with Steve Herbeck. Yep, exactly. Yep, their clientele one of the like biggest baddest the fish. Yeah, right. uh, I'd like to ask the guides right now out there how many fifty inches they've caught in the last five years. Yeah, no, it'd be awesome to. I mean, the biggest you know big fish name I would say in in the area up here is Scott Keeper. I mean, he's got got some giants in the under his belt, like absolute. Probably one of the hardest working guides to ever, you know, live up here. <laughs> Anywhere. Yeah. I mean, gosh, just incredible. Know, one thing I think about when it comes to trophy fish waters and, you know, the fact that I've been able to travel and fish some other waters, of course, the Minnesota waters. The one thing that just seems to be different uh, in fishing northern Wisconsin versus, you know, the the great Minnesota greats, even now that the Minnesota waters have fallen considerably with the, you know, the new, uh, reservoir syndrome, whatever you want to call it. Yeah. Which Uh, I understand it. Yep. Yeah, for sure. But how long does it take to raise a 50 incher in Northern Wisconsin? I mean, you just don't even see them. And it's like, that just makes you wonder. I mean, they follow baits. They may not eat it, but yeah, I mean, you go out on Vermilion, Robbie, you know. and You we, see you one know, in you guys, a couple days. Yeah, you've seen our videos. You go throw a flap nine on Vermilion, and there's going to be a 52, 55-incher paddling in behind it. Right. Like every couple, two, three days, Some, for sure. Yeah, a couple evenings. That's all it takes. Yeah. yeah. How come we do not see those fish in northern Wisco waters? I just yeah. don't think they're there. That's, yeah, that's. I agree yeah. with you hundred percent. I would agree. Yeah, I mean, I agree me with a, you hundred percent. I mean, I fished hard up here, and I didn't see a single fish that knocked on fifty. I mean, granted, I caught the one, but <laughs> that's November, right. and you know, sucker fishing. So I don't know. It'll be no, interesting I, this year. I, I'm definitely going to spend a lot more time on, you know, trophy water. I mean, those action lakes are cool, but I don't know. I I want to see what's what's still out here, and it'll be interesting. Right. It'll be interesting. That's all I got to say. I yeah. think you got a 50 last year. Yes. Correct? Yep. Yep. November 23rd. Yeah. Yep. 23rd. Let me 22nd. tell you, when I'm down here in Florida, Sunday mornings, man, <laughs> early afternoon, Sure. I got a 55-inch TV. That's so awesome. <laughs> I blow that thing up. I get to watch guys in true size. Hell yeah. You know? That's awesome. So, <laughs> you know, I watch your video. You know, I mean, yeah. listen, technically – you know, like I said, I, I'm, you know, I'm from a different era, just yep. like Larry Ramsey and the rest of the guys. Yeah. Because of my, my, my health and stuff, I chose not to, I don't want to learn about how to do YouTube. Not that yeah. I don't enjoy it. It's just yeah, that. Yeah. <laughs> but I really enjoy watching my wife, who is very technically advanced. Yeah. She turns on YouTube on the TV and I get to watch you guys. Sure. <laughs> in Florida. Yeah. And, yeah. Uh, yeah the people down here are blown away with what you guys are doing. You, this That's thing cool. is getting bigger and bigger for you, isn't it? 
Yeah, it's, it's steadily growing. Podcasting and today's angler. Steadily. Yeah. yeah. Yep. For well, sure. you 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 pass on really good information to people. You tell them like it is, mm-hmm. and you do bring issues up like this. I mean, we were going to talk about. We talked last night, Robbie yeah. and I. Lee, I called you. I talked to you also. We were just going to talk about the good old days. Mm-hmm. Good old days were the big fish that we had in our yeah, water. Incredible. Right. And right. and I even even show you half the pictures I had yeah. from the monsters that used to come from the Chippewa Floage. 46 pounders, you know. Incredible I mean, animals. Yeah. I got the pictures. Yeah. yeah. But yeah. even today we're not getting those not fish. It. It's just it's gotta yeah. be it's yeah. definitely a lack of it's a lack of and maybe something else and maybe maybe these fisheries have changed i mean obviously the spearing is a big thing i don't know maybe i mean maybe all those fish killed back then is still i mean it takes 28 years to get a you know a super mega how big do you say robbie uh like what herbeck his 47 pounder they um aged at 28 so i mean right takes forever to get some of these and obviously those fish were getting exploited because they weren't really fished that hard in, you know, 80s to 90s. And yeah, maybe that's bad. hurting us to, maybe that's hurting us today. Obviously Still it is. Today. Yeah. Yeah. Well, there was a lot of big fish that were killed in Vilas County. Listen, when, when I finally left Vilas County, I had to, it was yeah. getting that bad. And, you know, I had kids. Yep. And, you know, I had to make sure I took care of those kids. Mm-hmm. So I went to Minnesota, and that's when I started in the in the concrete business, and that's sure. where a lot of issues have come from today. Oh, Even really? You're still in the musky world, yeah. musky business, and I could fish as much as I wanted to because I was in the union. Sure. And so I could go, and I had a superintendent that was a big fisherman as well. Oh, right on. Yeah. You know that was my time where I got to really fish in Minnesota. Mm-hmm. Is of course I I worked in Minnesota yeah. and and uh, and I'm just telling you, you know, watching what went on and you know up there, I saw the other side of everything. Yep, I saw what was going on, and there's a lot of people that depend upon media to tell them the story. Sure. The problem the media is not telling the story. Sure, well, they're telling their agenda, their mm-hmm. side. I lived it. My kids went through the school system. Yep. We saw the things that were going on that lit up the problems. Mm-hmm. You sure. know, spearing did cause a lot of problems locally. Yeah. And uh, look, back in those days, there was a resort on virtually every lake you'd go to, three, four, five resorts. They're oh, not there no more. No, that's the saddest There's part. A reason why. Yeah. Yes, I mean, it was no, hard. It's very hard. sad how many are not even up here anymore. And no. I know Larry's discussed that as well. It's it's. I made a living from guiding full time. Yeah. yeah. If you told me back in 1993 that I was not going to make a living from guiding, mm-hmm. be able to feed my family and pay my bills. Yeah. I told you that you were crazy because the fishing was that good. <laughs> Yes, right. it was that. Yep. And my customers were happy, and I didn't have to make them bang on a drum and make a lot of noise. I just yep. took my fishing and did my thing. Yep, for sure. Well, look, what it's, uh, look what's happened in Madison. I mean, that you know, this fishery here, granted, I multi-species guided, 
Uh, I guided walleye and smallmouth just as much as I guided muskie, uh, other than maybe the later years of my guiding. But, uh, you know, the, the job they have done to make this, you know, definitely one of the best fisheries within the state. Uh, you know, a lot of effort went into that. Um, a lot of people worked their butts off um, across the board and mm-hmm. we're seeing the results now, you know, yeah. so it's, pre- you know, it can be done. Yes. Oh, I'm impressed with the Madison fishery. I, you know, you know, for me to travel from Northern Wisconsin and come down to the Madison chain, it was almost hard for me to go back. Yeah, because, absolutely. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm feeling it. I know I am. <laughs> but here's the thing. We've got other waters in the state of Wisconsin that they could probably stock muskies into on Alaska, 7,000 acres. And it, it, I think it would be prime, you know, fi, uh, prime fishery. You know, why aren't they stocking them there? That's I mean, still the, that's in the native better. strain, I believe, right? That there is. There's a native population in there. Yeah. And you and I discussed that last night. What, what's the other one? Lake Pepin? Sure. Well, here's was... interesting about Lake Pepin. You guys, we were talking about the Leech Lake strain. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I think it was with Larry and Pete. Yep. So the first Wisconsin chapter of Muskies, Inc. was stocking leechers up in Lake Wasoda. Yep. Now, there was talk that, it, that the program failed. It yep. didn't fail. Well, those fish leechers, I think, if I'm not mistakenly, those fish are roamers, and they keep roaming they and find what they want. Yeah. And if they they just keep roaming, well, the Chippewa River, okay, they would go through the dams. Those fish went down into yep. the Mississippi. The Chippewa dumps into the Mississippi. Their native river. <laughs> right. It's coming up right. out of Lake Pepin. Why is that? Right. The leechers that oh recent in- years Pepin's had some fish yes. catches yeah oh you bet oh wow that's you crazy bet. I have to look at the map yeah let's see how that Robbie, wow I've got a large network like Lee does I talk to people there's been some really large muskies and they're all spots yes and the, and the crap. Thing, really there's spots around Wisconsin that aren't even getting touched. Because people wouldn't look at them because they say, well, there's no muskies there. Sure. Yeah. Muskies travel. Yep. And yeah, they like curry. I, yes, they do. That's what they're hmm. originally a muskie is a riverine fish. Right. right. Yep. Travel, especially leechers. So huh. I've heard them say that it wasn't a success, but I yeah. look at muskies they're catching south of Lake Wasoda, they're sure. getting some fish they're just keeping it just quiet yeah exactly yeah anybody's spots i'm just there's so many possibilities that they could make wisconsin great again yeah you know? yeah, yeah yeah absolutely you know? <laughs> yeah yeah absolutely make make musky fishing if, if you guys again. would get together and make it happen yeah yeah you're right squeaky squeaky wheel gets the grease right is that is that how that goes how many yeah. musky thing groups are there in wisconsin lee that's Ooh. a good question i don't a know lot. that answer 20. There's a lot of chapters. Muskie Alliance, too. I mean, that thing's giant. Wisconsin Muskie. If they look what they did in Green Bay. I remember, I remember when they started that project on Green Bay. Mm-hmm. A guy by the name of uh Lynn Munger was involved in that. And okay. I remember coming up, going fishing with me up on, you know, we I went with them on the Eagle River chain. And I remember that he went through the talking stages. He was involved with one of the clubs. 
Look at the fishery today. Oh yeah. Out of a few people talking about it. No, that's a great, great. Yeah. Good point. Wisconsin will be there again, but I think number one, the muskie fishermen, the muskies ink groups need to all be on the same page. They all have the same passion. Yep. Too many chiefs and not enough Indians. Sure. Need to get it together. Yep. And and get one program set up. They need to work with the DNR. They need to tell the DNR this is what we want. Yep. And they can make it happen. Yeah. If they there's, want there's to. money. There's money for it. Without a doubt. Exactly. So well, I think that's a wonderful point to uh stop. Those are some uh that's some good closing words. Absolutely. Um, gosh. Yeah. The money's there. Yeah, absolutely. Yes. That's an, Hey, by the way, did, did Chris Farley catch a muskie? Uh, yeah, he caught, he caught three muskies with me. I was going to tell you about this. Okay? <laughs> yeah. I like this story. Actually. He was always late. And I'd say, Chris, let's get on the water by seven o'clock. And he'd be like, okay. And he'd show up at 8.30, quarter to sure. nine. Yeah. So we'd get on the water, and we'd fish for about three hours. And then he'd go, Rich, let's go have some lunch. <laughs> and, I, and he goes, he goes, uh, where do you want to go? He'd always want to go to Little Musky Bar at 70 and 51. Well, I knew that was going to be a problem, because if the minute he walked in there, he we were not <laughs> within the hour. We'd, be, we, we'd get the lunch at 1.30, yeah. and he'd be still sitting there at 7 o'clock at night. <laughs> Yeah, but that was fun for him. So. Yeah, that's so what cool. he, he, you know what? It Gosh. was kind of it was heartbreaking to me because he really was a great guy. Yeah, he, he had a good, he had a he had a big heart and he had a good soul. Yeah, and it just blew me away when you know with that whole situation. So sure. yeah, I've been very fortunate. I've gotten to spend some time with some some very unique people in the Absolutely. boat. Absolutely, yeah, and. Uh, I've been Do you very have any fort- pictures of Chris Farley. Um, well, when I see you at the show, I'll tell you about that in a separate conversation. Uh oh, yeah, I like that. Yeah, <laughs> that's funny. It, it, yes, I did. Yeah, I sure. but I, it was something that you and I will talk about in private. Later. Perfect. <laughs> um, uh, that's but, funny. um, yeah. You like, I'll tell you something. I'll give you a good example. We, I spoke at the Notre Dame. Uh, there was a guy that had a uh, fishing show over in Notre Dame every year in Michigan, and he had me speak over there. And uh, as we were going over, I made the comment about that it would be good to see Jimmy Houston and Bill Dance again. And, and, and those guys, I haven't seen them in a long time. And so I, I could tell in the vehicle on the drive over there, like, yeah, whatever, uh-huh, sure, whatever. Yeah. When we got there, we all got set up, and Jimmy saw me. Jimmy Houston saw me stand there, and he goes, he comes over there with his, his typical laugh. That's what made Jimmy was his laugh. Yeah. He goes, brother, where have you been? He said, <laughs> peacock fishing. And Daryl Middlestead and Greg Bone and all those guys, their jaws just hit the floor when oh, that happened. funny. Because, like I said, you know, yeah, you Lee, so- I've been around cool. a long time, but – when actually I get into my life, I really don't talk much about it. I just do my sure. thing. And, yeah, yeah. And that's it. You know, I've been very interesting life. There. <laughs> very it really cool. is. It really is. So um, I think I remember when you started, Lee, 
You know, I thought you were just another one of these young kids again. Yeah. So like, oh, I remember this. Oh, yeah. And, then, and you know, <laughs> I look at now, listen, Lee, I've got mad respect for you. You've done a <laughs> phenomenal job at this. What um, was the story again? Yeah. yeah he, Rich is trying to not let me tell it. Oh, okay. <laughs> oh, I was at, uh, I might've been at the Chicago, uh, Muskie show. I believe it was, I was with Troy Spildy, I think. And, and, uh, I met Rich and, uh, Troy was like, yeah, he's a Muskie guy in Madison. And Rich comes up to me and he gets his, he gets kind of in my face, you know, and he's like, <laughs> so you're a Muskie guide, huh? All right. Well, good luck with that. <laughs> Something like that. Something to that effect. Well, it was, you know what? First of all, it's hard enough to be a musky guy in northern Wisconsin. Yeah. Was, this guy's going to be a musky guy in Madison. Madison. Sure. Oh, absolutely. Oh, my God. But you know what? <laughs> He's got the tenacity and the determination, and he did it. Yeah. And that's what respect for what he's done. Everything yeah. that I think some of you guys that are doing today, and even in with that, with, with 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 that, that's why I have guys like Lee speaking at the Wisconsin Muskie Expo or the or the Muskie Bash, sure. because I know that you guys are going to give them honest information. Yep. You're not going to give them the TV answer, per right? Se. Right, right, right. Sure, if yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. We tell it like and yep, there was a lot of that back when it first all started. Sure, Fish and. For- uh, Magic I'm just lures, yeah. cut from that, you know, yeah. but no, yeah. I, I think you've done a wonderful job and I wish I had the technology, you know, back then that you guys have had today. Oh, it's amazing. Yeah. I just, could you imagine GoPros back in the eighties? Some of these animals. <laughs> Those things that we didn't even discuss that I told you last night, Robbie, Yeah. about say like, you know, you asked about the Chippewa flowage, what's going on there. There's, there's a, a multitude of things that are going on in the Chippewa flowage. Considering what the Chippewa flowage has been through, it's amazing that the fishery just keeps on going. It's a very sure. resilient body of water. I think it's got a bright future if yep. they can to manage it. Yep. But there was a lot of things that happened to the Chippewa flowage that, you know, made it a, an extremely tough body of water to fish. Mm-hmm. That's why guys would hire guides on the flowage. Right. Um, and so, and that in itself is another story, you know, it's not a story, it's the facts, but, but here's the thing, Lee and I, we we were there. And, and I think the biggest thing that I see today that some of these younger musky fishermen need to understand that even though that, like in my case, I'm getting older Mm -hmm. and there's a lot of older musky fishermen out there. Yep. At one time, they used to be young. Sure. And they did the same things that they're doing today. You know what? When, you know, Bulldog's a very good, you know, piece of rubber. But we had vipers back then. We had fish baits. We fished rubber. Yeah. Yeah. They don't know about what that stuff is. Sure. We fished big blades. I mean, you know, tinsel. I remember when the the revolution of tinsel came out. Mm Mm-hmm. We had Tim, Chuck Hamer came out with the very first tinsel bucktails back in the seventies. Sure. You oh, know, he cool. was before his time. So there's really nothing new in musky right. fit. <clears throat> right. Just I refined. Mean, yes. It's more refined. That's all it is. Mm-hmm. But those old timers that you see today, 
we we are the history of muskie fishing for sure that was a saw, crazy time yes we saw what was available back then we watched what happened back then i mean we were aware that time frame probably exploded muskie fishing throughout the u.s just from that one area yes right. it did it's, it's amazing yes, it really did. what couple counties you know <laughs> made it that popular it's, it's exactly it yeah and it's just you know sad to see that it's not you know what i like miss that. those days robbie yeah. i really do because musky fishing musky fishing is life to a lot of people oh yeah definitely you guys yeah. i see it in you, robbie i oh, see yeah. your it's, you just you eat this up it's it's a drug without a doubt right <laughs> but we but you know what we were you in our younger days yeah, yeah. absolutely oh we but the difference is we've got longevity we mm-hmm. we watched history how it all happened yeah yeah well hopefully things can continue onward and upward i know there's a lot a lot more awareness now and there's a lot more ability for people to to reach out and to share uh, opinions facts so on with Mm -hmm. all the platforms so that's what that's what we're just trying to do here so yeah no i think you guys uh, an excellent job i can't believe you're not afraid to do it I think a lot of guys politically, they, they want to be politically correct. Sure. And it's not about being politically correct. No, I just want to hear everyone's experiences. Right. Exactly. What they've seen. No, it's, it's, it's cool to hear about it. I enjoy hearing all the stories. Like, it's just so fun to me to hear this stuff. But, uh, so, Randy, yeah. You're not going to come to the Musky show. No, I'll be. In the Florida Keys, I hear. I'll be in Florida. Yeah. <laughs> Let me tell you what, it's, it's interesting. My wife, she'll tell you, she loves the salt life. She always says, yeah. I love the salt, salt life. life. Oh yeah. You never know what you're going to catch. Yep. We've got bass down here. Uh, I know I talked to this, it was in my head, this Jake, you know, Jake Brave, he wants to go gator hunting and we're sure. probably going to do that yeah. uh, this uh, next season. And yep. there's just so much to do down so much, here, Yeah. but even though there's so much to do, I still Love no, the muskie. <laughs> yeah, it's, love it's the muskie. Stupid. It will always be my life. Yep, absolutely. No, well, Rich, we want to say a big thanks for you uh, uh, sharing uh, some insights on your history and the history of muskies uh, through your eyes. Yeah. And I know you've done a lot for the industry. And, of course, the Wausau Muskie Show, uh, 10 years strong. And uh, you guys have worked so hard for that. And now to have just a little bit downsized version in the only musky show coming up, the Wausau Musky Bash on March 19th and 20th uh, in Rothschild, Wisconsin at the Wisconsin Convention and Expo Center. Uh, looking forward to that. I'll be there Saturday, swing by. Um, but yeah, thanks fun. for everything. Yeah, thanks for watching, Thank guys. You. Yeah. Hey, thanks. when you come up, if you had a chance, if you if you got any, uh, you know. I think I ordered three baits from you, right? If you yes. get those done, great. If you don't, I understand. I know you're <laughs> back. No, you get them great. Work. Yeah, should you be know. able to make make uh, a couple of them happen anyway. Yeah, yeah, that's cool. okay. I, I appreciate that. You know, so yeah, guys, thanks so much for watching. Um, you can stream this on Spotify, Apple, or Podbean. Obviously, you you probably watched on YouTube as well. Uh, Rich, thank you. This is fun. Thank you, Robbie. Thanks, Lee. <laughs> Hit the subscribe right, button. We'll see you on the, the next one. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Get to the Muskie Show. <laughs> <laughs>